0: Hey, Regent, my name is Dave, and I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from PTSD, pornography, and selfishness. Glad to be with you tonight.
1: And my name is Sierra, I have a new life in Christ, and I'm in recovery from pride, anger, control.
0: I was was in the town center not too long ago, standing in line for (laughs) the coffee shop, and the line was extra long that day, and it just so happened that... Short time before I needed to be to the next meeting, um, and the person in front couldn't decide what he or she wanted, and I grew frustrated, and I began to grow bitter in my heart, and I walked away and swung around to leave the line, thinking no one should wait this long for coffee, and I ran into Larry Crop. I don't know if you all know Larry. Larry's a, a dear brother and dear friend of ours. Larry went to be with the Lord last week. We had an opportunity to celebrate his life this morning here. And if you remember Larry, if you met Larry, Larry was confined to a wheelchair. He had had one leg amputated. He was stricken with diabetes and side issues. And Larry had to be on dialysis every other day. And I was walking out. I turned to Larry and I said, hey, Larry, how are you doing? Trying to mask my frustration. Um, And Larry looked at me and he said, "Uh, better than I deserve. And I was struck in that moment that if Larry can respond in that way and he sees himself as better than he deserves, and I must have a real problem with entitlement. Are you wrestling with entitlement tonight? We're going to ask ourselves three questions as we work together tonight through the issue series, the, 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 the struggle series that we've been working on. And maybe entitlement is your struggle. Maybe it's not your primary struggle, but maybe it's one of your struggles. But as we work through this, I want to ask three questions. The first one is are you struggling with entitlement? Second question is, how would you even know? And the third and maybe most important question is, what can you do about it?
1: And when we started deciding to talk about this topic, Dave was like, Sierra, you struggle with entitlement. You should (laughs) teach. And I was like, I do. I will teach. No, but truly, that's something that I often have to confess is feeling entitled. Um, And that can look a lot of different ways. I think if we probably went around the room, we'd have different definitions. So just for the sake of time, I'm going to give you the definition we're going to talk about today. So entitlement is the belief that we inherently deserve privileges or special treatments or that we have the right to something. And if we really think about entitlement, it shows no partiality. It does not play favorites. It sometimes reaches for life's greatest gifts, the biggest things that we think we need in life. And it also claims some of the smallest pleasures in life too. Things that are so tiny that we wouldn't even think we deserve or that we are entitled to. So think about this, this sentence, I deserve blank. Whether that's I deserve better, more, or even just different than what I have. Maybe you might be struggling with entitlement if that's something that crosses your mind let me kind of just give you some ideas that maybe you don't even realize are entitlement. I'm tired of being single. I've remained pure and I've sought Christ. So why hasn't he brought a spouse into my life? Or maybe I deserve to have children. So why am I struggling with infertility? After all, aren't children a blessing from God? Or maybe it's, I work so hard to provide for my family. I deserve to watch TV when I come home. Or maybe it's, I've been so good with my finances, I've kept within my budget, so I deserve to buy what I want for a change. So sometimes they're the biggest things in life or even the smallest. And as we were talking about entitlement, we both had very clear stories that easily popped into our head when we thought about entitlement. And I know, Dave, you kind of brought up about your son. And so why don't you share that with them.
0: Yeah, Karen and I had just uh, welcomed in, uh, our son into the world. He was a few hours old, and Kara uh, had encouraged me to go find him to bring him to her room so he could be nursed. I went down to the nursery there in the maternity unit, and he wasn't there. And I finally uh, got in contact with nurses and doctors and realized he'd been moved to the NICU. And uh, before we even had time to think, he'd been diagnosed with a congenital heart defect. His heart couldn't pump oxygenated blood through his body. So he's being transported from Baylor Hospital downtown to Children's Hospital, care was unable to to go on the journey because she had just given birth and she was recovering. And I remember driving in the car behind the ambulance with my father-in-law, I was so disappointed in God. I was even angry. I was at a time in my life when I was going to seminary. If you're not familiar with what seminary is, it's a school to prepare for ministry. And although I didn't say it out loud, I began to have this conversation with God in my heart privately. God, you clearly have the wrong person. Do you understand that I'm giving my life to you, I'm giving my life to your people, I'm foregoing a lot of things, I'm studying stuff, some I don't even want to know about, but I'm doing all this to prepare, to serve you for the rest of my life, and and you want to give me a son who's unwell. And I was angry, and I was disappointed, and I was confused, and in that moment I was entitled.
1: And I think we might look at that and say, man, that's, that's suffering, that's hardship, like we all go through that. And I think there's a difference between letting it fester and sit and think, man, I deserve this, instead of taking it to the Lord. And I think Dave would tell you that he didn't at first take it to the Lord. Um, He wanted to sit in it. And the same happened to me. In 2022, uh, if you know anything about my life, it was a rough year. Um, There was a a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, You know, I had a lot of family dynamics, a lot of hard things happening in my family. I had a family member pass away. And that just left a lot of... Um, Just grief and a lot of questions for how to care for my aunt's kids that were left behind. Um, As well as we had a flood in our house. Um, And then four months later, our house caught on fire. And I just kept thinking, why is this happening? There was just so much chaos going on in my life. And I remember saying to God, like, Literally, again, not out loud, but saying in my mind, I've given my life to you. I don't know if you know this, but I work at a ministry on Monday nights that helps people and serves people. I've given everything that I have to you. Why do you keep allowing all this suffering into my life? Don't I deserve for things to be easier? And at the very least, man, wouldn't you give me someone that I could have a partner with in the chaos of everything? And so there was just so much that I felt like I needed or I deserved But I didn't understand that at the time, I just just knew I was mad at God. And honestly, I didn't really wanna talk to him. And so I started moving towards this place of bitterness and resentment, instead of taking things to the Lord and lamenting just the hard that was in my life. And so I knew I needed to spend some time with the Lord because while this was where my heart posture was, I knew the truth of who God is. And so I went to go kinda spend a few hours alone with the Lord. Um, And I needed to figure out what's going on inside because I know the truth of the gospel. I know who God is, and yet my heart is not aligned. I need to diagnose what's going on in my heart. And so really I kind of wrestled with these three questions that I want to give to you today. Some of you might not be thinking you struggle with entitlement, but I think maybe after you hear some of these questions, you might think, maybe I do struggle with entitlement. And so the first question is, in what areas of your life do you feel discontent Or disappointed. The second question is, how am I comparing my life to others? And that can go two different ways. Because sometimes we can compare um, in a way that is good and in a way that's bad. Let me explain. Maybe you think, wait, they cheated on their wife and yet they got this amazing promotion at work. I deserve a promotion. I deserve a better job. They don't deserve that. Or maybe you're on the other side of, I do so much. I serve, I give, I do everything so great. And so I should get more than everybody else. And so you can be on both sides of comparing yourself. And then the last question was, what do I desire most in life? And do I expect it to bring ultimate happiness? And I sat and I wrestled with those questions. And I quickly started to realize that I was wrestling with entitlement that I deserved more than other people, that I had earned more than other people. And I knew I struggled with pride. You hear me every week, I say I struggle with pride, which is thinking that I know better than God. But what I started to realize is that I had the thought of God, you owe me, which was a little bit different. And it really put things into perspective for me. And I remember equating that season of being in a dark tunnel, and that I would see the light at the end of the tunnel. And as I would get to the light, it felt like a skylight. And I was tricked and I was back in the darkness. And I quickly felt like God's not listening to me. He doesn't hear me. But when I actually went to the Lord with my feelings and my thoughts and my emotions and my questions and I lamented, he met me in that moment. And he kindly reminded me of this. He said, "Seer, you're creating your own expectations which you're also creating your own disappointment. I have not promised you those things, and yet you feel like you deserve them, which is a hard pill to swallow um, when you're sitting there in the midst of your suffering. But then I thought, okay, well, now I know what's going on. I know I'm entitled. I know I need to change my heart perspective, but how do I do that? And so I thought, what now? How do I change this mindset? And so we thought, let's kind of give you the remedy, the things that might be helpful as you're thinking about the suffering, the entitlement, the things that you think you might deserve.
0: There's anybody in scripture who deserved to perhaps be disillusioned with God and disappointed with God. It was the prophet Jeremiah. He's referred to often as the weeping prophet. Uh, God called him to proclaim a hard message to his people. And the message was simple. Repent or destruction is coming. For four decades, Jeremiah preached that message for four decades people ignored him mistreated him didn't listen to him and then he saw the destruction of jerusalem which represented god's reign on earth he saw the desecration of the temple which represented god's presence among his people and he writes this poem that we're about to read inspired by the holy spirit as he's looking over the ruins of jerusalem listen to what he says this is from lamentations chapter 3 verse 16 He has made my teeth grind on gravel and has made me cower in ashes. And my soul is bereft of peace. I have forgotten what happiness is. So I say my endurance has perished. So is my hope from the Lord. Remember my affliction and my wanderings, the wormwood and the gall. My soul continually remembers it and is bowed down within me. But I call this to mind. And therefore I hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Two big ideas, real quick, that I want you to think about as we think about this gift of lamentation that God has given us to fight off entitlement in our hearts. The first thought is this. It's good to be honest with God about our suffering. Look at how honest Jeremiah is before God. Jeremiah is saying, God, you did this. He acknowledges all that he's hurting to, to God. God, you did this. He even says, I have forgotten what it's like to be happy. It has been so long. I don't even remember what it's to be happy. He says, my endurance is fading, and now, God, my hope is you is fading. It's good for you to be honest with God about your suffering. But what do you do? When what you feel doesn't agree with what you believe. You know what you do? You argue with yourself. Which is exactly what Jeremiah does. Because here's the second thing I want you to see. Here's the second thing that we can do when we're struggling and we're hurting. It's good to be hopeful in God while we suffer. Jeremiah, Jeremiah finds hope in the character of God. He says, God, your love never ends. He said, your mercy is amazing and never runs out and it's new every morning. You and your mercy, give me what I need to this day. He then declares, I'm going to hope in the Lord because God is my portion. God is my reward. God has given us a beautiful gift that we can lament. We can be honest about our suffering with God and at the same time we can be hopeful because of who God is for us in Jesus.
1: Something that was also really helpful for me is I I went to lament um, and just bring my grievances to the Lord and my complaints to the Lord, knowing that he... My doubt or anything like that was going to make God think that I wasn't a believer or that I was a bad Christian, but instead he wants me to bring those things to him. But at the same time, I read the scripture of First Thessalonians 5:18 that says, "Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." And so I thought, man, regardless of what my circumstances are, I want to give thanks. And so what does that look like? That if maybe I don't understand, I don't agree, I have a lot of questions and not a lot of answers, how do I give thanks to the Lord? And so for me, that started with doing a gratitude journal. Um, And I was like, I am so easily focusing on the negative or the things that I think are not going the way that I think they should, or they're not doing what I think I deserve. But to actually go back and think, man, the Lord has provided so much for me. He has done so much for me. He has redeemed me from so much. And he continues to walk with me through it all. And so reminding myself of that, being grateful for what I have today. And as we start to be grateful, as we start to give thanks in all circumstances, it starts to change our heart posture. And in my prayer, our prayer for you and for us every single day is that we would imitate our Savior. That because our heart posture has now shifted to say, Lord, whatever your will is, let it be done. And so the the scripture that we often go to is Philippians 2, 3 through 8 that I just want to read to you. It says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. who did not deserve to die. And yet he humbled himself to the point of death, which is always just something so wild to me. Whether you're thinking, man, I'm so entitled. I think that I deserve so much. Or maybe some of you in the room are like, I know I deserve nothing. I'm walking in with shame and guilt and I deserve nothing. What's beautiful about those two people on opposite sides of the spectrum is that Jesus paid for everything. And so what we actually deserve, when we look at Romans 6.23, it says, for the wages of sin is death. So we all deserve death, regardless of what spectrum we're on, we deserve death. But God, in his kindness, allowed Jesus to come pay the payment that we were supposed to pay. And so through Jesus dying on the cross, resurrecting, and ascending into heaven, it allows us to have a personal relationship with Jesus, And that relationship doesn't just get us into heaven, but it allows us to be renewed day by day and molded into the image of Jesus. And so now we get to have our eternity secure in Jesus. But I I really want us to understand because we do not deserve anything except for death, we get a lot of blessings that we don't deserve because of the person of Jesus. And so if we really just kind of come down to the most basic thing is that we are entitled to nothing but death. And yet Jesus gives us everything in him. He gives us satisfaction. He gives us fulfillment. And he gives us comfort that can only be found in Jesus. And I want to make this clear. This doesn't mean that you won't struggle with these thoughts. This does not mean that you won't have doubts or questions. But what we hope this tells you is that when you start to wrestle with that entitlement, that you'll bring it to the Lord. That you'll lament. You won't let lament Um, Or you won't allow the lament to just sit there, that you'll take it to the Lord. Because as you don't lament, as you don't bring it to the Lord, what tends to happen is it goes to entitlement and bitterness and resentment. And that's not what we want for you. And so we hope that you hear that Jesus is enough for everything.
0: We're so glad you're here tonight. Whether you're here for the first time or you're about to commence, we're glad you're here. And we want you to know two things. You're in a place where you can be safe to be honest with God. So we want to encourage you to do that, especially in just a minute as we break into small groups. The other thing I want you to know is you are surrounded by people who are committed to fighting with you to find hope in God. So we're really glad you're here.